So on this episode of the Tough Juice Podcast, I had the privilege and honor of interviewing Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. And he talked about so many things ranging from the importance of being smart in the midst of this pandemic. And yes, yes, we also got into the election of Wisconsin that's been viral and trending all over social media. And we also talk about the importance of the frontline workers who are the true heroes in all of this. And what he been binge watching in the midst of all of this. And it might shock you what his answers is. And looking towards the future for the Democratic Party, what are some of the hopefuls? You know, we touched on Joe Biden and so much more. I don't want to give you it all away. Tune in to the Tough Juice podcast on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your pods. All right, so first and foremost, uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Barnes, it's a pleasure and honor to have you, you know, on this show. First off, you know, what have you been up to in the midst of this pandemic? Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, It's it's an honor to be here joining you. Uh, But since the pandemic, I still come to the office pretty regularly. As you can see, I'm in the office now, so I'm here at least three or four days a week. Uh, just doing a bunch of bunch of Zoom calls, interviews, uh, doing what I can to keep uh, the public uh, engaged and informed. Uh, but, you know, personally at home, it's been a lot more relaxed. I only come here and I go right back to the, to, to the crib. And, you know, at home, it's, I've been catching up on a lot of shows and, 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 uh, <laughs> and cooking a lot. I've been cooking so much food. And uh, I get the chance to run a little bit also just to get some fresh air get out there and run. I had a marathon that got canceled last week. So a little frustrated about that, but you know, it is what it is. Bro. I only can imagine. And you said you've been cooking and, you know, catching up on shows. Like what is your favorite show right now? Like I, I, I finished Ozark and I just went crazy with this, the, the finale of that. So I'm looking forward to the upcoming season. So man, I'm guessing I need to catch up on Ozark. I've been, I've been going back and finishing some shows that I, I that I've been missing out on. Uh, I finally caught up to, uh, with Kirby enthusiasm. Oh. Uh, I went back and uh, finished a show called Treme that's set in post between New Orleans. Uh, it was written by David Simon, who wrote The Wire also. So it has like a real, real deep plot line. But Anthony Bourdain also had a part in the show also. And so like there's this big cultural aspect that's uh, that's connected to the drama that goes on. So it's like all the music and uh, a lot of food culture that's that's a part of the show as well, uh, which made it. It was very it was a pretty good show. I, I liked it a lot. So catch it up. Watch those art. Oh, that's major, man. Uh, you know, just, you know, to pivot back into the discussion of the pandemic and everything that has been happening, uh, what is your message and uh, also the governor's message, you know, to the people in the front line that's, you know, uh, just sacrificing so much in this 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 uh, this horrific time? Yeah, man, I think people are getting a, a different view of what uh, frontline workers, uh, what they mean to society, uh, the value. Uh, that they that they bring to all of us and all of our lives and uh, in effect are keeping a lot of us alive. And I think about, you know, back in the day where we had, you know, like the fight for 15 protest when that first started, when, you know, these were workers who were fighting to get $15 an hour. These are the people who are still going to work every day. The people don't have that don't have a luxury to isolate, uh, to self isolate at home or self quarantine because they still have to go to work. They still have to earn a check. Uh, these are, this is our essential workforce. It's the people that are working at grocery stores, the people that are delivering takeout and takeout meals, uh, the people at, at plugging away. Uh, but in addition to, you know, police, fire, EMS, uh, EMT, I should say, 
people like that, bus drivers, uh, folks who, who, who've been there as well, who always been, you know, deemed and viewed as essential. Uh, but now we see so many others who are joining the ranks. And our message to them is uh, more of a message to the public is that we have to value, there's value in all work, we have to value all workers, and we have to do everything that we can do uh, to maintain, to keep them safe, uh, health, healthy, happy, and also keep them whole. And I can, I'll get into that a little bit, you know, as we get into the discussion about, you know, things that we're trying to do, uh, or I can just take it now because, you know, the governor uh, introduced a number of two legislative packages so far, you know, and one included uh, making sure that there's health care available uh, for our restaurant workers. And you see across the country, there's a push to get them classified as uh, first responders so that they can have access to, to free child care, which they deserve, especially in a moment like this. Uh, you know, fire uh, it's different for first responders who get that uh, free child care. But imagine uh, someone who has to work every day at a grocery store, at a restaurant, who's not making a whole lot of money and still will have to struggle to get child care uh, at a time like this. And, you know, in many instances, they're probably having to rely on child care more uh, than in times prior. And so not only are they risking their lives, they are, in many instances, going broke in the process. And that's unfortunate. That was one of the changes uh, that the governor proposed, that we proposed, that we want to get, uh, that we want to make this uh, accessible to those workers. Uh, but the assembly was in yesterday, the Senate was in today, uh, and they voted to take what, or they didn't, I'm sorry, the package that they passed did not include those provisions. So speaking of the packages and things that have been happening in Wisconsin, the last time we was trending on social media, uh, myself, you, uh, Governor Evers, uh, Evers, uh, everybody was, you know, at this correction facility in Racine, Wisconsin. And we was doing uh, uh, something uh, uh, which was a great cause. And we brought the Milwaukee Bucks and all those individuals. And I seen you in a form that I never seen you before. And this is why I reached out to you personally, because, you know, you was just so real and authentic when you was talking to the inmates, when you was talking to us, uh, so transparent. And initially, about a week ago, I saw that the election booth statewide was open and in the midst of a stay home order. What was your immediate response to what you've seen in that real time. Yeah, man, it was very frustrating. And even going back to the whole uh, racing correctional uh, event that, that we did, I mean, you know, honestly, you know, those are, it, it's no different. I mean, the, the people that are there are no different from me. Uh, the people I grew up with, people I spend time around, people I'm related to. Uh, so, you know, there is that that aspect. And I know uh, not a whole lot of people take take that time out, but you know, in the people who were there, I saw uh, just a whole lot of what I was you know used to uh, growing up. People who weren't these aren't evil people. <laughs> these are people yeah. who make mistakes. That there are so many folks uh, in high in high positions who are actually evil. Uh, but this is not you know these these are not those people. These are folks who. Uh, in far too many instances, had circumstances uh, that, that led them down some 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 very difficult paths, and I'm always just conscious of the fact that that could that could be me, that could be some of my best friends, that could be anybody I'm related to, and it has been people I've been related to. It has been some of my best friends at times in my life, so I always remember that, and I, I never separate myself from that reality. And you know, when it comes to the election, and uh, and the fact that it was still held, uh, a statewide election was held in the middle of a pandemic and in the midst of a, a stay-at-home order, it was irresponsible. Uh, the governor tried to move the election date, and uh, they challenged that decision. 
the Supreme Court said that the state should move ahead, should move forward with that election, putting uh, people's lives at risk. And it was needless. Uh, needlessly, people had their lives put at risk. Um, and that wasn't democracy at all because that wasn't a free election. And, you know, turnout was still pretty decent. Uh, however, pe- folks shouldn't have had to go through that. People shouldn't have had to, to risk their lives uh, to cast a ballot. And that's not even hyperbole because we see the rate, uh, we see the mortality rate. People who are actually losing their lives to this virus is more deadly than the flu. And it's also, uh, it, it, seemed, it seems to be more contagious than the flu significantly. And putting people in that set of circumstances, uh, putting people in these, these large crowds, even though, uh, you know, social distancing was practiced in the electoral, in the, in the process, that still meant that folks were waiting for two hours, you know, to, to just to vote. And so it created created just this, uh, this level of chaos that should never be experienced uh, in a, in a free and fair election in in, in any democracy. So speaking of that experience, like what's being done to prevent the same thing from happening in November? Yeah. So before the governor uh, called to push the election back, he, uh, tried to have a all, an all-mail-in election, which is uh, which would have been the responsible way to carry out the election. And you know there are a number of states right now that already have uh, mail-in mail-in elections. However, uh, here you know you can request an absentee ballot, and I think that was the big problem uh, is that the absentee ballot absentee ballot request is an option here in Wisconsin, but. Uh, the system was overwhelmed because there was just in this influx of, of absentee ballot requests. And a lot of people didn't get their ballot until after election day. So they didn't get a chance to vote because they weren't going to go out there and, uh, you know, risk their health to go vote. And my dad, you know, he did get his ballot in time, but he said if it didn't, uh, if it didn't arrive on time, there was no way that he was going to go vote in person, uh, which is absolutely understandable, which, you know, that is a that is that is not the wrong way to, uh, to go about things. And, you know, myself personally, I felt conflicted uh, encouraging people to go vote. And that's why I didn't. I didn't encourage anybody to go vote uh, in public. But I told them that my message was, you know, if you do go out, please be safe, practice, uh, practice safe social distancing and take the necessary requirements uh, that will keep you healthy. And. I think now the push uh, for November, because who knows when this is going to be over, uh, we need to make sure that we have the capacity built in our clerk's offices across the state and also in our elections commission to be able uh, to handle uh, processing uh, ballots being or process processing ballots to be mailed to all of our registered voters uh, in the event that we are in a similar position that we're in now uh, or in the event that uh, social distancing guidelines have been reduced but not completely eliminated. So when you look at the election that did actually still take place and, you know, having five booths per the capital of, let's say, Milwaukee is probably the largest you know, African-American uh, city with the with the with the population of I don't know what it is you know somewhat uh, under a million people right yeah uh, six hundred thousand in Milwaukee about a million in Milwaukee County yeah so that's crazy so when you look at the election that's still taking place like who does that benefit more does it uh, benefit the, the Democrats or does it benefit the Republicans like what what's your thoughts on that so my thoughts there is um you know. There was a Supreme Court seat that uh, Republicans want to hold on to, and they saw an opportunity here with there being uh, this this mass hysteria, which is you know justified uh, because we are in the middle of a pandemic. 
and they want to go ahead and move the election forward, knowing that, you know, a lot of people who uh, tend to vote Democrat are those who believe in science, who believe that this uh, pandemic is a real thing, which it is. Um, and, you know, given just the responses that we've been getting and the pushback from Republican lawmakers, it was seen as if the disbelief uh, that the not taking this as seriously uh, as we should and the ignoring of the social distancing guidelines seem to be more of the mindset of a lot of Republicans. Uh, and I guess they assumed that their voters would show up, would uh, go out there regardless um, of, the, of, the social, uh, of the social distancing guidelines, uh, regardless of the threat uh, of getting sick and going out to, to vote. However, uh, the liberal candidate for Supreme Court ended up winning the race. So these things you really can't predict, but uh, there is uh, there's certainly a, a thought process out there that would have you know, supported their reasoning for keeping this uh, election on the day that it was. Well, you heard it here before, and this might not be the last time. For sure, it would not be the last time that you hear me talking about the Raycon Airbuds by Raycon. It's amazing. Whether you're working at home, which we all should be working from home right now, listening to your favorite music, or you're shooting a podcast like the one that I'm doing right now, you already know Raycon Airbuds start at half the price other than any premium wireless earbuds on the market. And they sound just amazing. In fact, better than a lot. Their newest model, Everyday E25 Airbuds, are the best ones with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design that gives you a nice noise isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for conference calls, like the Zoom call that I'm doing right now. It's simply amazing. Unlike some of your wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires, no stems to distract anyone during video calls. You heard me talk about how this company was co-founded by Ray J and you see why everybody's obsessed with the Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest Raycon. Get 15% off your order buyraycon.com slash tough juice that's buyraycon.com slash tough juice for 15% off your raycon wireless wireless earbuds buyraycon.com slash tough juice so when 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 like our viewers and listeners gonna see this uh what would you say to someone that says you know my vote don't matter and you know it's it's rigged or you know, uh, my opinion don't matter. All these different narratives that's thrown out there. What would you say to that to that voter? I, I would say your, your vote definitely matters. I mean, as a person who goes out there to get votes, I vote myself. Right. Like I'm not gonna, like encourage people to go do something that's not worthwhile or not worth or not beneficial or doesn't uh, work to, to, you know, to help at least uh, solve the problems that we have. I mean, the fact is uh, with these elections that you know, that are coming up. I mean, these are the most important elections. Well, every important is the most election important until the next one. Uh, but the fact is, if, if voting wasn't so important, they wouldn't try to take away the right to vote. They wouldn't try to make it harder for you to cast a ballot if it wasn't important. And the fact is, so many races are, uh, are won or lost because people didn't think it was that important. And I can even point to, to 2016, where a lot of people, a lot of people stay home for whatever reason. And now we have the, the, the president that we have. This was, you know, this could have been avoidable if, if, if people showed up to vote. But also, I mean, candidates do have a responsibility uh, to connect with voters, to make their case, uh, to prove why, uh, you know, they are worthy of the vote of, uh, of the people that they represent or want to represent. 
So this this election uh, in particular, 2020, and this voting process, why is it so different and so important, you know, than probably some of, of the past? And also, what are your thoughts on Joe Biden? Yeah, so I'll say, I mean, you can look how, how reckless uh, this you know, administration has been on so many different levels when it comes to the foreign policy, when it comes to health care, uh, but specifically now, the situation that we're in now, uh, they were briefed on this uh, a, a long time ago and could have had a response in place that would have limited the number of deaths uh, that, we're, that we're experiencing. You know, at first you had the president who brushed this off as some sort of hoax and now is, uh, you know, and now is embracing it for the reality that it is and placing blame on other people. And the blame uh, falls uh, explicitly on the White House in this matter. Also, I mean, you look at the the CDC, the CDC funding, the Center for Disease Control, the funding that was slated to be cut, uh, the uh, the positions that would have addressed uh, pandemics and infectious diseases, so that position being eliminated. You see, uh, just as recently as yesterday or today, the proposal to eliminate funding for the World Health Organization so that we can have a concerted response globally to the pandemic. You know, these things just don't make sense. We don't have a president that's up to the task, that's ready to... Uh, carry out the work that's going to improve the lives of people uh, across the country. And, you know, my, my thoughts with, with Joe Biden, you know, as a, I, I, I can go back to uh, Barack Obama's message yesterday where he said, where he stated that, you know, the campaign that he ran in 2008 would be much different than the campaign that he ran uh, if he were running this year because the world is changing. Uh, the world has changed. The world is constantly changing. And I do think that, uh, you know, Donald Trump remains a, a very real threat to the world. He remains a threat to the livelihoods of marginalized people across this country. And, you know, nobody is totally 100% wrong on everything. And there, you know, there are some things that people will point to and say, well, what about this? He did this, he did that. And, you know, people used to point to the economy and say, well, the economy is doing well, but that was, uh, that was completely inflated. And that was, that was the house of cars, as you can see how the economy is collapsing uh, right in front of our eyes. And the record number of people who are uh, without a job right now, uh, many of those who may not even be able to return to a job uh, once the pandemic is over, we need real leadership, we need real experience. And, you know, I'm certainly uh, you know, gonna be voting for, uh, voting for the former vice president, uh, Joe Biden, uh, because I, I think that even, you know, people have, you know, reasons to pause, which are, you know, which could be justified, I, I get it. And you know any candidate has to come to grips with those with those with those, uh, with those issues. However, uh, the the task is too great a hand, and the future of, of of this nation, the future of the world, quite frankly, uh, rests on the outcome of this election. And I don't know how we keep going forward this way. We need real leadership, and we need a a vision. And I think that uh, that you know we have to. We have to do, we have to do something different. What's going on now? It's just not working for far too many people. Oh, that's crazy, man. And you know, something else that you know I saw that just jumped off the screen at me was you know following this election, uh, the Wisconsin Republican Party chairman uh, Andrew Hitt said the lesson to learn is we can have an election still in this scenario. What was your response to that? And do these obvious obvious efforts? to rig the election, you know, ultimately favor the Democrats or do it favor the Republicans? So my response to that is like, how long are, are people going to be irresponsible? Uh, just 
that, that did not prove that it worked. It proved that people, when they see their rights being taken away, when people uh, sense voter suppression is happening, they're going to step up and show up to vote. Uh, so it backfired. Does not mean that the process worked. The process was an abject failure. Uh, you know, the amount of people who had to wait in line, the, the, the hoops uh, the, that people had to jump over just to cast a ballot. I, it did not work at all. Like a, an election happened. That doesn't mean it worked as, as, as an election should have worked. Um, and I, like I said before, it's like hard to, to qualify who's actually uh, the beneficiary. And I don't think there is a beneficiary uh, in, in this sort of situation where uh, democracy itself is being compromised in this way. No doubt. What impact will the Democrats, you know, narrowing the Republican advantage on the state Supreme Court to 4-3 have going forward, particularly in uh, the no- November election? Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's helpful in the sense that um, you look at the decisions that come down from the Supreme Court, uh, some of the extreme decisions, and hopefully those four remaining conservative justices uh, have a little pause now and think twice before uh, some of the decisions that they've been issuing or uh, par- or decisions that will be parallel to those that they have uh, been handed down for the last uh, several years. And I would say going into November, it is I, I would see that as a shot in the arm for people. I would see that as uh, something that's uh, motivating uh, in a state that you know lost to Donald Trump in 2016, which we never should have in the first place. But I think it should create uh, a level of optimism uh, for, for, for liberals, for progressives, for Democrats going into November. No doubt. What has this crisis shown you about our healthcare system and the economy and the need for reform? Yeah, the healthcare system it has been in trouble for a long time. A lot of the alarms uh, that have been sounded for you know the last several years, uh, seemingly every election cycle, I think is uh, people are really starting to, to, to realize uh, the fact is, you know, so many people, uh, you look at the disparities, the number of people who've been primarily impacted, you look at the black community has been primarily impacted, and you look at the access to health care, you look at income inequality and other issues that people are dealing with, and all this stuff trends uh, in the same direction. And so when folks don't have access to uh, reliable health care, you have these huge co-pays, huge deductibles, people often forego um Healthcare. People don't get regular checkups. A lot of folks don't have primary care physicians. Um, and these are people who aren't necessarily going to go to the hospital if they feel sick. They're going to try to tough it out because they don't want to come back to a surprise bill. They don't want to have to have to they don't want a trip to the doctor to become a long term financial burden. And I think that is the biggest problem that we have in healthcare now is the fact that uh, this for profit model only you know seeks to serve uh, you know profit driven motives and not necessarily it doesn't necessarily put the well-being of people first so we need a more universal health care model in this country to make sure that people can be covered we need to make sure that you know free testing is available which uh, was a part of the package and that got taken out of the package also another part of the package that should have been there is the treatment for people uh you know who have come down with COVID-19 and making sure mandating that uh private insurers cover that and that wasn't a part of the package that passed uh, today and yesterday. Uh, I think that these are the real problems uh, you know, that, that, that we see. The access is one issue, the affordability, but also uh, you know, the, the, moral, the moral part of it, because people you know, can lose their health insurance for a number of reasons. And 
you know, what's a person supposed to do if they don't have health insurance? I don't, I don't know if you listen to, to, to rap, but Zero said, if you don't have health insurance, you're good as dead. Even in an emergency, no money means no hospital bed. Yeah, for real. That's deep. And when you and, and when you look at this, you know, this live sports as a whole, I saw uh, the, the great Dr. Faust had came on national uh, television and he was doing a podcast or social media or something. And he said that live sports, you know, with no essentials in the crowd could possibly come back with, you know, constant testing. You know, what's your thoughts on that? And, you know, I know you're probably a huge Bucks fan and with a chance of them possibly realistically winning a championship this season. What are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. It, I mean, I, I think that the measures that keep people safe would be helpful. You look at Florida, where uh, the governor there declared WWE to be essential, and they're still having <laughs> and they're still they're having they're having wrestling matches with no audience, right? Like, I, I that that is it's trouble. Like, it's I believe they'll figure out something. Uh, I just don't know what that looks like. I don't know what's the safest way to do it. And I don't even know how that, that holds on. Like, I, it would be tough. I, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, watching a basketball game uh, with, without crowd reactions. And I, I, I'm, I mean, you would obviously know better than me. I don't know how you would even feel playing with, playing with no audience. Showing up. <laughs> this this Will Chamberlain style. You got the whole thing. Like, <laughs> everything delayed and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you hey, You've been talking about uh, and, and you touched on just all types of things and binge watching shows and et cetera, curve your enthusiasm. What's your thoughts on ESPN dropping this documentary, a 10 part documentary of Michael Jordan, the greatest player ever to play the game. Are you going to be tuned in? Yeah. I mean, when does that even, when does that come out? April 19th, April 19th. I am, I am sure to be watching it. If I, I, I DVR it, if I, if I don't catch it live. And it's needed. It's needed in a time like this, too. Yeah, man, no doubt. And then this ultimately, when you look at all the work that you're doing, groundbreaking work, uh, getting out to the people, being accessible to the people, like, what do you ultimately want your legacy to be? Yeah, I, you know, when it comes to legacy, I just want people to know that you know, I gave it my best, that I, I try to come up with, with new ideas. I always want to do the things that hadn't been done before. That's deep, bro, because I think that, you know, when I look at this platform and you, you know, sharing this knowledge on this platform, a lot of, you know, young men and women from different walks of life are going to be inspired by your words. They're going to hold on to your words. They're going to move forward accordingly off something you said on this podcast. And a lot of elected officials, you know, don't, you know, make time even when they don't have time. So, you know, we appreciate you coming on and just giving this wealth of knowledge and, uh, you know, you always got my vote, brother. We appreciate you. I appreciate you too, man. I really do. Thank you yeah. for doing getting this information out to people. I mean, and your service to the community too, man. You know, it's easy for people to forget about home, you know, especially, you know, like cities like Racine and Milwaukee that get forgotten about. You never forgotten about them. So. No doubt, really. brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you coming on, bro. All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you.